James Bond. Charming, sophisticated secret agent. <laughs> Shaken, but not disturbed. <laughs> Out. care what any of you fucks say i think this is by far the best score to any bond movie john barry blows this one out of the fucking water it's so good they don't they Great. did not need a title song the big like the the big brass that you got in goldfinger is not as overpowering and it's just so much more complex for what i think is probably one of the more controversial polarizing james bond movies in the series Gentlemen, here we are. It is on Her Majesty's Secret Service. We have bid adieu, a fair uh to Mr. Sean Connery. And we have a uh, male model turned James Bond, George Lazenby, coming in here to change directors. We have a new director. We have a whole new direction. Howdy. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Howdy. Is that a stab at me? <laughs> I mean, I guess it can be. That's fired. Listen, I think uh, Majesties is probably the most underrated film of the series, and it's by far one of my faves. I'm excited to get into it. I mean, look, I had rewatched a bunch of things about it, right? It is arguably Fleming's best book. Uh, most reviews will say that. Most people believe it's the most complex of the novels. You know, Spy Who Loved Me and Majesties are considered the one-two of, of, his, of his writing. Um you know, you've got a new director coming in here. Um, you have, you know, Peter Hunt. Peter Hunt was the associate director and head of cinematography in the first couple of movies. He was given the director's chair for the first time, and, and it's noticeable, right? So you've got a you've got a wonderful actress in Diana Rigg coming in here to play play our Bond girl. You've got a totally unknown but fresh face as Bond, and you've got a real aggressive director who takes an entirely different approach to give us, you know, to give us this film. Uh, initial thoughts, plots overall, where, where you want to start here? I love Mike. the name of the, uh, the book and movie too. Something very different, longer, but perfect name. I think we're teed up for, for a good discussion tonight, gentlemen. I know Trey and Mike, you guys love this film. I enjoy yeah. it, but I don't think I love it as much as you guys. Now, where does this, and I'll, I'll be looking it up as we're talking, but does anybody know off the top of their head where this falls in, in terms of the book series? It's early in the book, right? Like in the book uh, series, it's one of the firsts. It's before You Only Live Twice. I know that. Because there's a big continuity problem between the last movie and this movie with his discussions with Blofeld. I think it's pretty early. I, I was hoping uh, Soup maybe was going to swoop in with a, with a factoid. Uh, this book was 1963. About, <laughs> about, the 13th, about the 13th book. 11. Oh, sheesh. 13. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I took a I was way off. 11th sounds sound accurate, but I, I, I saw the list in my head and guessed 13. But, but, I think, was for, but I think you were correct, right? Didn't you say it came before You Only Live Twice? Yeah. Correct. You got that right because You Only Live Twice came next. Good. I got, I got one thing right. Yeah, that's where like there's a lot of confusion with the Blofelds that we got here uh, between like the Blofeld who has a scar that we see in the first film and then this Blofeld who doesn't have a scar. Going by the books, I mean, this guy hasn't earned it yet, right? Yes, going by the books, he hasn't earned it yet. Yeah, Guys, I'll, I'm going to start on plot here because I'm probably going to start low and you guys can pick up some of the plot points and talk about what you actually liked about it. I thought it was a pretty average plot. I think it, it was a slow starter. 
It didn't really have a whole lot to, to begin the film. It was a little bit unimaginative. I think Blofeld using some, some hot girls to create a biological war. And how is that unimaginative? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's because, unimaginative about that? Unimaginative. That's a dream. Service. His his main goal is just the cash, man. That's that's it. Yeah, he just he course. just want he just wants some money. And that's what that's, anybody wants. That's all it is. It's it's his scheme to achieve significant wealth. But you're forgetting the second piece of this. You're forgetting Count Blofeld. Yeah. Count Blofeld. While it sounds so stupid, and and I think you know when we did the pre-show on this. I thought that whole plot line was really stupid until I sat back and thought about it. That not only would he walk away with the cash, cream, get the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all is what all Spectre is always about. Cash but, rules everything around me. But if he but if he actually gets count status, he gets immunity for any of his previous crimes. And like the more I thought about that, not only does he get to become Count Blofeld, right? He gets to become, you know, some type of anointed royalty. He also can no longer be charged for any of his previous crimes. That's would, fucking brilliant. Would Cla Count Blofeld be a top three count of all time? Behind what? Count Dracula, Count Chocula, and... Count Dooku? Count Dooku. Count Olaf? Former soon to be coming up. Bond count Chocula has to be number one count of all time. Or, or the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> hmm. that, yeah, I mean, it might be the count from Sesame Street. Uh, I, might before, a, a, <laughs> I don't know. Could, could we put up a poll on our Twitter? <laughs> it's, it's a good point, though. I did underestimate the ability to become a count in the overall plot. I'll, I'll give you that. That might that might bump my score up a little bit. In, but in, I was, closing, in closing the loop, the count on Sesame Street's name is actually Count Von Count. So he's got a count, number one. He's a count better. Von Count. Double, double count. For, for me, I thought the plot was average, so I, I scored it a 5.5. Nothing special here, but absolutely nothing you know shake your head about either. It was just kind of middle of the road. Yeah, I, I agree with you that it started slow. It is a bit of a snoozer to start it off. I disagree that you don't think it's imaginative. I think it's very imaginative uh, going with biological warfare, uh, something we haven't seen yet in the Bond film, unless I'm forgetting something. If you're not counting nuclear war, this guy, you mentioned it. He's got a stable of hotties, DJ. I mean... He's using these hotties just to go spread this biological, STDs? yeah, dude, STDs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's even worse. Are you kidding me? Those don't, <laughs> those don't go. Anyways, before the STD talk, then there's like a love story that we don't get in a Bond film that doesn't live happily ever after. Don't ruin the film for us, Trey. I mean, if you haven't seen the movie at this point. <laughs> Long out now. The wrong get, get, off the, get off the podcast now. Spoilers, <laughs> Spoilers coming up. Snape kills Dumbledore. Listen, there's like a Zoolander kind of plot twist on this where he's like brainwashing all these. <laughs> he's brainwashing all these like models, right? I get so this. The, the description on IMDb, James Bond woos mob boss's daughter and goes undercover to uncover the true reason for Ernest Blofeld's allergy research in the Swiss Alps involving beautiful women from around the world. Yeah. Well, what's not to love? Exactly. It's and we great. Actually, that's, that's we screams actually, Bond. We actually see Bond go undercover. Hilly. Yeah, Sir Hillary Brent or Philly, which is Those, awesome. Uh, the, dub, the dubbed sequences of, of his voice is tough. 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 No, the, the wooden stiffness of Irma Blunt really just, you know, kind of saves the helicopter because her comedy is so dry. It's rough otherwise. It's rough. Yeah. I like the plot overall. I was at a 6.5 and uh, didn't even factor in the whole count thing. Like, I read a ton of reviews, ton of thoughts on this movie. I haven't seen anybody else mention the whole count aspect. Cheers on that. Oh, are you going to bump it up? Bump oh, it up I'm too. saying it's 6.5. I, 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 I might bump to a 6. 
I had it at a 7.0. I think the plot framework is really good. I think there's some execution flaws here. You know, I tend to put both of those into this category here. One of the first times I watched this, I didn't really pick up on the count thing until later. This is kind of a new revelation for me. And if I'm, maybe I could just be entirely making it up. But I know toward the end of this movie, when he's talking about getting his ransom, he's also talking about, you know, getting his count status so he can't be charged for his crime. I kind of bled that into it. On the execution front of this thing, it is kind of slow. You don't get a lot, you're not seeing a lot of the action until hour, hour and a half into the right. You get the, sea, the ski sequence is like an hour 30 into the movie. You know, there's a, a quick little fight in the beginning, one or two little fist to cuffs at one point when, when he's in the room. But outside of that, there's not a lot of action that takes place in the early portion of this movie. There's a lot of action with Diana Rigg. Well, I think she's a wonderful, wonderful actress, probably one of the best Bond girls. She goes from not wanting to deal with him to all of a sudden instantly being in love with him. And I kind of felt that that was, you got forced into that montage, I felt. And again, I've now watched this so many times. I'm really, really nitpicking here. Um, but 7.0 on the overall. I like the concept of unleashing biological warfare to kill plants, animals, possibly humans. Really, whoever the hell Blofeld yeah. decides is not going to survive it. Love it. I agree. 7.0. You guys made some good points. That, that bumped me up a half half point. So I went what? from 5.5. What? <laughs> DJ, DJ did a, a score change in the middle of the pod? I did. Wow. I did. Hey, milestone this, will you please? For those at home. I did. I overlooked, I overlooked the count aspect of it you, you brought up some good points which is why i said i wanted to start it here yeah i don't so, want any heat when we get start, to the start Roger low movies. start low and high <laughs> love it but bond performance right. I new think bond we guys we rest our our piece on the plot so let's get to bond good morning my name's bond james bond excellent delivery by the way there's a lot of people that hate that delivery i love it and a lot of people don't like it a lot of people, good morning I've, I've, I've read some reviews that said it was very very wooden i liked it yeah. I think it's great. I, I think it's a, a little bit of a different take. I have some problems with this opening sequence that we'll, we'll get to later. We'll get but, to uh, it. We'll get to it. But I like the debut of the new Bond. I like that they can't find him anywhere. M is calling all the different branches around. They have no idea where the hell Bond is. Bond's in a different, D, in a different DB from Aston Martin driving down, lighting his cigarette. It's dark, it's shadowy. You don't see his face. Bond, you know, is doing his typical Bond thing. He's, he's following the pretty woman. She's walking down the beach. He's got the scope. He's being really creepy and voyeuristic. And he's checking out her cleavage. And then he checks out her shoes. And then he realizes that she's diving into the ocean to kill herself. And he goes running in to save her. I really like Lazenby as a Bond. I, I'm, I'll go on record as he is one of my, personally, one of my favorite Bonds. Having watched this so many times, I originally had him up at an 8.5, but I moved him down to a 7.5 purely on the fact that I cannot stand his sachet walk in the casino scenes. Going back and watching them juxtaposed against Connery, Connery is just fucking oozing swagger. He just like, he's just walking. Like, Anytime they show him walking, like in the tuxedo, he's just walking around with the arms like a fucking doofus. Like, the McGregor walk bothered me so much. It, it, it bothered me so fucking much. I you actually just, took an entire point off. You did, you described swagger to me the way he walked just now. The, the more <laughs> the more doofusy, the more swagger, in my opinion. Listen, 
think um, I might go up a point just to average that out. Yeah, I'm high on him, guys. I liked his intro. You touched on it, Mike. The lighting of the cigarette, driving in the car, unveiling that magnificent butt chin that we all love so much. Also, he's probably, I'm, I'm not a gay man by any means, but he's probably the best looking Bond, in my opinion. He's got like that comic book look to him. He's really chiseled out in the face. I he's think handsome, Daniel Craig wants a word. He's a handsome in the bastard. Face. A very a handsome man. Handsome, handsome man. Where, he's not as chiseled up, up and down as Daniel Craig by any means. Cr crushes the tux in the early crushes portions it. of this. Also, and we didn't even get to it, by far my favorite gun barrel sequence. Yeah. By far my favorite gun barrel. I, I would say as far as like the scene goes, I like Casino Royale better, but the stance, the yeah. sequence, the music leading up to it, fire. Guys, it's the only gun barrel that he recorded. He refused awesome. to do any other gun barrel. So he was just, as a joke, went down to a knee and did the whole turn and refused to do another one. He was just like, yeah, that's it. That's the gun barrel scene. That he, might bump it up a decimal. He did do a few more, but they were all sarcastic as hell. He pointed up. He pointed backwards. He held it sideways. There's a documentary called uh, Becoming Bond with George Lazenby narrates himself. It's fantastic. It's worth the two hours. So much information about who he is as a character, as a person, and why we don't see him again. I loved him as Bond. I went with an 8.5. I liked the scene at the beginning where he's like, never happened to the other fellow. Yes. And when he was going through his desk, he found the knife from Dr. No, the watch with the little rope from uh, Russia with Love. Then he was cracking his safe halfway through the movie and just cracks open a Playboy. Great move. And by the yep. way, that little safe had a harder combination than the safe at Fort Knox and Goldfinger. <laughs> uh, Soup, those points that you made actually lowered my score. I, I didn't like all the hat tips to Connery. I would have preferred that they weren't there. I did like Lazenby. I think he was great. I would have loved to see him in a few more. I didn't really like the hat tips as my own personal preference. I scored him an eight. Still a really high score. Thought he had a great performance. I think he was a, a much softer Bond than what we've seen in Connery. His demeanor was a little bit softer. He wasn't as stone-faced as, as Sean Connery. I think you got to give those hat tips to someone who's setting the standard and as iconic as Sean Connery. Um, there's no way, easy way to really follow up somebody like that. I don't mind it so much. I, I like certain scenes that he did, like Super pointing out the Playboy, pulling that out, awesome. I like the scene where he's rolling into Draco's office and like ready to throw that knife and he throws it, whizzes that knife right by Draco's head and hits the bookshelf. Also, guys, he's in a fucking kilt. This guy rocks the kilt. It's, he also, it's, he rocks the puffy, he rocks the, the, uh, the Seinfeld puffy shirt under yeah, it. Yeah, big puffy mm -hmm. shirt guy. He's got the puffy shirt with the tuxedo. He's got the ruffle shirt tuxedo. Yeah. I don't want to be a pirate. He's Listen. just really, really making a state there. I don't hate it. I don't hate it on him. There's a there's a scene in the opening where like he fights one of the henchmen. I guess it's one of Draco's henchmen, and he like beats him up and eats some caviar afterwards. There's little touches that he does that I really like, really liked. Um, there's some things I didn't like. He did do some like mimicking of Connery, like with some quips and things like that that I didn't care for. Again, that made me go in towards lack of experience with acting because I'm isn't this his first acting gig? I mean, yes. he doesn't have outside much of a couple like commercials. Yeah, he had never acted before ever. Yeah, I try not to he, hold too much. He lied, his, model. He, lied yeah. his way, he lied his way to the part. Other than that, also blowing his cover for him, banging a couple hotties. He couldn't keep his dick in his mm -hmm. pants, or in his, <laughs> in this case, his kilt. So he blows his cover. That's some points off there for him. You got to you gotta keep that in your pants, man. But I gave him 8.9, guys. I couldn't go to a 9, but I really liked his performance. I mean, look, not to go spoiler either, I do think there's a couple of scenes that he delivers as a softer bond that I sure. don't think Connery would have been able to do. Absolutely. I don't, the scene where they get Agreed. away in the car with Diana Rigg and yes. they have the moment in the barn, I don't think Connery could have done it. 
not in an effective or believable way. And then sure. obviously you've got the, the wedding and the death scene, spoiler yeah. alert. I don't think that Connery would have done that believably as well. I think you needed a different bond to do that. Another uh, point for Lazenby here, also Soup touched on in that documentary, mentions that he filmed this entire thing without signing a contract. So he did not sign the contract to do this film until he finished it. Young and Dumb, uh, youngest to play Bond at 29. When the movie came out for premiere, he showed up looking like the opposite of James Bond with a full beard, stubborn as anything. He's proud to admit that his stubbornness cost him a good career being Bond, but no regrets. Behind the scenes, he sounded like he was last too. I think he knocked Bernard Lee off a horse. They couldn't find a doctor. They had to take Bernard Lee to a vet and stitch up his leg before production found out. George Lazenby lost all his money he made off this non-contracted movie in a poker game to Telly Savalas. Lofeld production had to get in on the poker game and win back George Lazenby's money. It's good shit. So didn't didn't he leave like, how many how many films did he have on the table? Was it like seven or eight they, that he could have done? Seven, seven film contracts or something like that. The Roger Moore deal they offered him. Yeah. And I loved his little practical joke with uh, the red-headed uh, girl. I forget her name. Ruby. Ruby. When she was uh, feeling up his leg, uh, he taped a hot sausage under his kilt for when she was feeling him up. And they were very impressed when she did not react at all to when she felt it. It's not her first, not her first rodeo. Not her first hot sausage. Yeah, not the first hot sausage. <laughs> very different world back then. <laughs> So we're gonna uh, we're gonna review the movie Sausage Party after this, right? Yeah, <laughs> this is a double feature. Uh, She's going feature. on to a, a swing. So another another interesting fact that I actually I learned that I did not give it anybody in the pre-show. He was actually the second person to be offered the role of Bond after Connery. It was originally offered to Timothy Dalton. My man, Tim- Timothy Dalton was young at the time and felt that he was too young and inexperienced to play Bond, so he turned it down. Our Majesty, uh, he had to be in his early 20s. Yeah, Timothy, Dalton turned, Timothy Dalton ended up turning down the role for Her Majesty's Secret Service because he actually would have ended up doing Majesties in probably the next five or six had it been Dalton. Imagine another, what the series would have been like. Another Bond that I would love to see do more films, Timothy yeah. Dalton. I think Dalton could have been phenomenal in this, in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this movie, honestly, I, I like it so much. I really think, other than probably Connery, because he's getting older, I think every other Bond probably could have thrived in this. Maybe besides Pierce Brosnan, he would have been really young too, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, I think Roger Moore and Dalton would have thrived in this as well. Yeah. But, uh, and you also got to remember too, like, this whole movie too, I, I, I think we, we skipped over this in the plot, but, but we'll throw it into the Bond performance. Bond's not doing an authorized MI6 mission here. He's just gone rogue. He just... Yeah goes to M and just like, this is what I want to do. And they give him like, what, two weeks of leave to just go and do it? He comes no. back. He did yeah. to, to his, yeah, yeah, his yeah. point here, James Bond thought he was retired because he put in his, his yeah. retirement papers. I was going to touch on it on supporting cast, but you brought it up now. Money Penny saves his ass here and just says, all right, this is just going to be a, a two-week vacation or whatever right. the amount was there. Yeah. James Bond was retired. So in his, in his mind, he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm done. And he's out. What a move by Money Penny. This is probably Money Penny at her best, quite honestly. We'll and get she, to it. We'll get to she it. She looks good, too. I can't wait to talk about it. She looks damn good in this one. She, she looks great. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We don't okay, want to. All right, all right. Let's yeah. talk don't, about Blofeld. Don't use all the juice yet. <laughs> Let's talk about right. Blofeld. We got a new Blofeld. 
somebody who's actually active and can get in the field, do a chase, be intimidating. I love it. Yeah, we touched on it a little bit too about how this film and You Only Live Twice are just flip-flopped in the book series and the film series and disconnection in Blofeld and Bond's relationship because of it. You have a few scenes here where Bond and Blofeld don't recognize each other. Obviously, the scene in You Only Live Twice where Bond is in his volcano lair and sees him face to face and his, his eyes scarred up and everything. You're, you're going to recognize this guy. I think some of those, what am I looking for here? Misconnections, misconnections, yeah. plot holes. Continuity issues, if you will. Yeah. It falls against the Bond villain in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I kind of took points off because of that in, in the whole grand scheme of things, it, it really just came to Bond villain because it was the connection between the two. I understand. I, I didn't count against him with his performance in this movie. I gave him an eight. I think this is, between the two, you only live twice in this one. This is by far a better acting performance. It's not Agreed. as... Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not as, like, cartoony, I guess you would say, as the previous Blofeld, as Soup alluded to, in the action sequences. He's fighting Bond. He's driving the block like bobsled. He's... Oh, that, that bobsled scene, chef's yeah. kiss, like, <laughs> so good. So Feel good. I, I love yeah. that bobsled scene. Yeah. The rhyme. So Get on good. up. We I mean, finally... honestly, when they, when they wake up, when Tully Savalas wakes him up and he says, Merry Christmas, Mr. Bond, and he's in that, like, that classic bad guy, gray knit turtleneck, and he's divulging his plan, that guy is both classy and evil at the same time. Like, like, his performance of Blofeld is, is very good. Very good. Very great. Good. At, great. This is, great this is my favorite Blofeld out of all the yeah. Blofelds we'll see. This is my favorite one. And then look, his layers pretty legit for being on the Swiss Alps, guys. He's out in the middle of nowhere in these Swiss Alps with all these like hotties. I mean, he's got the best setup by far. He's, he's just hypnotizing hotties at the top of a mountain. Mug- I mean, Mugatu it's, style. It's I want to know. I want to know what his recruiting strategy is. Like, how does yeah. he rope them all in? Ruby, he got Ruby. She was like in a farm, allergic to chickens. Like, yeah. where do you find this girl on a farm allergic to chickens? And how is she so hot? And how are they all so hot? Well before Bumble and Tinder. Yeah, well before it. Backpages? Hotallergicgirls.com. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy finally lives up to the Blofeld persona, and we finally yeah. see someone worthy of being a key nemesis of James Bond. 8.0, very, very good. Very good Bond villain. Trey, I'm, I'm that- with you. I, I like this Bond villain. I think, it, like I said, it's my favorite Blofeld. I said some of those misconnections faulted him a little bit, but I was still pretty close to your score. I gave it a 7.5. With some of those connections cleared up, Bond villain could have been even higher. Sure. But I really enjoyed that Blofeld actually got involved in some of these fight scenes. And by far the best acting performance of of a Blofeld that we'll see, maybe until we talk about Spectre. Sure. That might be the only argument for another Blofeld, but that's another episode. I went from a 6.5 to a 7.5 on this, and the most important factor, Blofeld wins. This is the only time a villain in Hinge Person, not only do they survive, they don't get captured. Like, they full-on get away. Like, it's unheard of in any action heroic movie, especially a James Bond movie. Unpredictable, we'll get to it in the ending, but that's got to be points for the Bond villain. Yeah, and he's wearing a neck brace, and he doesn't have a scar. Like, we're, I'm so confused by that. Yep. I get, at the end of it. I guess Workman's yeah. comp didn't apply to him. Yeah, I'm going I'm going full super here and I'm adjusting my score. I had this at a 7.0. I'm moving him up to an 8 and my reasoning on this is that I don't think I should be knocking points off for filmmaker's choice in continuity. 
they stuck to the book a hundred percent with on her majesty's secret service and while i bumped on the continuity issues when i did my, my first run through the movies because i watched the two of them back to back having rewatched it and, and pieces of it again before the podcast i kind of forgot that the whole concept of our scoring system here is to judge the movie against just itself and not within the context of the other movies so i'm awarding a point back on that one but it's a it's a great great performance of Blofeld, top to bottom. Mike, you're right, you're right, 100 percent. What you just said, seven point five for me is going to go to an eight. Ooh, it has twice. to, twice. It has to. Who's going listen, at home? Listen, we're we're scoring this film on its its merit on its yeah. own. Sure. So Mike's point there about keeping this just based on this film, I cannot make the misconnections from any of the other previous films where Blofeld had any part in it this is just this blowfield so i'm i'm gonna take that half point off that i deducted and it's gonna be an eight great chemistry too between bond and blowfield like for a while we saw some yeah. iffy relationships but telly savalas ended up getting an uh, oscar nom later on i think george lazenby was nominated for the golden globe for best newcomer actor for this role so quality actors here for a film that didn't get as much hype with a whole new cast I mean, I thought he had great. I thought he had great chemistry with Telly Savalas. I thought he had great chemistry with Diana Rigg. I also thought he had very good chemistry with Diana Rigg's father in this movie, Draco. I, I thought they had some really cool, funny scenes. You know, mob boss turns you know accomplice of Bond in this. You know, the scenes with M I thought were a little, little stiff. You're just so used to Connery. It's hard to see a little, a little bit of a softer personality dealing with the sternness that is Bernard Lee. I, and that didn't do it as much for me, but I thought he had decent chemistry with most of his his, his co people here. I agree. Agreed. I think we got we got enough on the Bond villain here. We got to move into the the hot category, hot category of the night right now. Bond girl, like a shocking scene. Not at all what I intended. You see, I'd never seen the poison work before. Tell Sassy, I wanted to know it was me. Got my bottle of red wine out in honor of Lady Olena tonight. Awesome. I didn't make the connection until like we we started talking about this, but you can see it now. Those eyes, those oh, eyes, she looks great. Yeah, you know, even as an older actress, obviously for for those that don't recognize the clip, it's you know final season of Game of Thrones, uh, Diana Riggs' performance as Lady Olena Tyrell, uh, but she looks great. She's grand she motherfucker. She's she great. She's fantastic. <laughs> She's a great actress. Great actress. I mean, that's a fan favorite character. Lady Absolutely. Tyrell. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. awesome, awesome character. Let's talk about... You, you want to start low and then high, or do you want to uh, you want to start high and then low? I want to start low and then high. I want to All change right. some scores here. I'll kick it off, and my score is not going to change, Trey. This is, this is going to be a hard... <laughs> Listen, and it's, it's a high score. This is a hard nine for me. Okay. And this score is not changing. I already changed two scores this episode <laughs> based on fair points. This one, Bond Girl, a nine. Tracy's an absolute fox. She does so much for this film. She's a great actress. Bond ends up marrying her. The only thing that's keeping me from giving Tracy an absolute 10 is her name. Her last name is Bond. 
Well, when she gets married, when she gets married, her last name is Bond. Trey. Exactly. For like nine minutes. Her last Tracy name. Bond. Her last name becomes Bond. In this film, Tracy just has a plain Jane, boring name. She doesn't have any any frills that you get in some of the earlier Bond girl names. So that keeps me from scoring it any higher than a nine. I think she's not the hottest Bond girl we'll see. Sure. But she's good looking. And she grows on she grows on you. I'm I'm at a nine, and I'm the low I'm the low guy in the totem pole here. So, for I mean, you, know, for, you know her name in the movie is Contessa Teresa Di Vincenzo Draco, right? Yeah, solid. Yeah. That's a yeah. mouthful. That's a <laughs> mouthful. <laughs> a lot going on there. His name is boring. I think yeah. it's Polish. Guys, I'm I'm scoring it a nine. You're act, acting like I'm getting crucified <laughs> here. It's a fucking nine. All right. <laughs> he doesn't want to wear the ribbon. He doesn't want to I, give her a ten. But a nine for a name. One full point for a name. No, 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 no. I didn't think she was absolutely stunning as a okay. Bond girl. She was, okay. she was good looking, but she wasn't absolutely stunning. Sure. That that goes into the score as well. A nine, a nine's a strong score. She it does, is. she she does a lot of the the driving and acting in in absolutely. some of those chase scenes. You know, she kills she, a guy. She kills she kills a guy. Bring kills kill, a bring kill the guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nine for me. She she's absolutely amazing in this film. Yeah. And I'll let, I'll let you guys take some of the uh, the finer points. I'll uh, I'll I'll keep my score tonight. Listen, we first see her in the opening scene. She's uh, attempting suicide, right? I was really confused by that scene. I had to like do some digging. Correct me if I'm wrong. I like looked it up. This is all on Wikipedia, by the way. So please, Soup Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. But it, it somehow her ex-husband died in a car crash, and he, he was with his mistress and they died then she had a, a child who died after birth or something so this lady has a lot of baggage and i guess she just couldn't handle it so that's where we see her in the opening scene just like offing herself or attempting to I, do i'm something. guessing this is all explained in the book we don't we don't Spoiler alert, i've never read the books yeah yeah same me neither that's why i do some like, based on the movie it, the, why is my, she like so many questions yeah. you know i have so many questions I'll she's you, a man to dominate her the exactly. real question the real question I had though is if you go back and watch that scene, she maybe gets to her knees and like a wave rustles over her thighs and now she's knocked unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, that she makes just, like, saints. Yeah. And now look, part of it is, you know, if you watch this movie once, maybe twice, you're never gonna notice it. When you watch it seven hundred fucking times Correct. and then you go back and you watch it and you rewatch it and you rewatch it in prep for a podcast. You see all this crazy stuff, like that same opening fight sequence, literally right after she gets taken out of the water, Bond punches a guy and they change the clip and they're like 30 yards into the water. Right. Don't know how that happens, but, you know. I tied. So I don't really count that as her intro. Her no, intro no, no. is like in the casino where she's wearing that white dress and she like bends down to like, I guess, put some chips or her money on the table and she looks up at Bond, fire, fire intro. She's just a ride or die bitch, man. She's fucking <laughs> awesome. I love her. That's uh, a man's wife. Don't refer to her as a bitch. <laughs> in a good way. In you, a good also way. Gotta, you also got to love her. Right? But no, but go back to that opening sequence. I think it's important to talk about that opening sequence because you get the, the where a lot of these independent women in Bond movies turn into helpless damsels in distress in bimbos. That does not happen to Diana Rigg. Bond Absolutely saves not. her, dispenses with you know a couple of goons that just so happen to know his name. And instead of just giving it up to him at the beach, like you would expect would happen in a Bond movie, she just says peace and drives off. It's like, yo, I'm out of here. 
And then, and then in the casino, she goes back to his room and just like, no, you know, not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and before that, guys, I, I didn't have this. I had this kind of a, at a nine, like a 9.5. What bumped me up is some plot holes that I kind of did some digging on. Like, how does this girl keep popping up? And apparently, again, prep for a podcast, you watch this movie like three or four times more than what you have seen like five years ago or so. But like she makes like she asks Draco, her dad, like where Bond's at. And that's how she pops up in the Swiss Alps. Like there's like a little conversation that I missed until like a day when I rewatched it. So like she's like just so in love with this guy. Such a ride or die. Kicks ass like whenever like Bond and uh, her like dad come to like save her at Blofeld's manor or lair or whatever. She's kicking this guy's ass. Then she like runs down the stairs and another henchman tries to fight her and she kills him. Like she's such a badass. She tosses some guy into spikes. Into like, spikes. Into spikes. So ruthless. Into spikes. And then you know, she she's the driver of the car in the main chase. She's drifting the yes. car. She gets cars to flip over and explode. What what and, else can you possibly ask for? And and Peta has to hate her because she's like rocking the fur in this man. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. And then and then to culminate the whole thing, she gets killed at the end of the movie, which makes it even like and you don't I'm not rooting for death here. But sure. I think be, because of how great of a Bond girl it is, the rule of like the law of drama dictates that you have to cause tragedy, right? Right. A, a killer like Bond has to have something bad happen to him. So yeah. you you basically you 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 make the perfect Bond girl, and then you kill her all in the same movie is just a fabulous delivery. You know, she was a nine point five for me. I gave her ten. Uh, Trey, you're absolutely right about the scene. Uh, the husband at the time was driving his Maserati with his mistress. Yes. I killed. They had a, son, uh, a child who died of spinal meningitis, so very tragic background. So that's a little info on maybe why she was suicidal. At the end of the day, regarding Tracy Bond, who cares what we think? Bond married her. It has to be a 10. Amen, Soup. I agree. And and she's hot. She gets hotter every single time I watch this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I might watch it again today. <laughs> <laughs> I hated yeah. it as a kid, but this movie grew on me as I got older, understood more about the franchise, more about what was happening, and I hated it. I used to hate it because it was the other guy, the guy just assumed right. he stuck, but... The other guy. And that's a, that's a good point, Soup. Like, when people, like, bring up Bond, if you're at a bar, me and DJ were talking about it, like, a pub in Orlando one time, and we're like, what's your thought on Majesties? And we're that's both, how, like, That's how you underrated. tell. Yeah. That's how you tell a real Bond fan. What, like, right. their, their thoughts on this film dictate if you can have like a knowledgeable conversation with that person about bond right there'll be maybe four movies that pop up it'll be like goldfinger die another day. gold gold yeah or maybe five then maybe five because how bad die another day is but like <laughs> goldfinger golden eye maybe casino and majesties i think i think the overall meter of a person's <clears throat> take on on her majesties will guide you into the direction of the conversation that you can have about james bond correct because of one bonds only film well yeah i mean if, and it's a long ass name man is this it the is. longest title name it is that's why but, everybody abbreviates it on like every message board forum like nobody goes by the full thing i mean it could be it could be the film's fault that you know it's tied to the one film that lazenby does like that that could be a fault on the film but it shouldn't take points away from how good the film actually is yeah second longest title by the way man with the golden gun there it is bam five words versus six 
Another underrated one. We'll get to that. What about letters? There's a lot more letters in this one. At least we don't have any numbers. You do. Right. I, I think this next category is going to be a real short one, guys. Yeah. We don't, we don't really need to touch on too much in this category. The Playboy is a, a gadget, right? Guns, cars, gadgets, guys. Guns, cars, gadgets. There's, there's three things to carry this category, and we're going to struggle. This is one where, where I know you and I talked about the continuity issues about Blofeld. This is one where the continuity issues with James Bond's safe-cracking device needs to come into the score here because – while they traditionally followed the books for overall plot, which makes sense why Bond doesn't remember Blofeld, when Connery is cracking that safe and you only live twice and he's got this tiny little device, and in this one you need a fucking crane to lift this thing up for him to open the safe, it's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. Fucking vacuum cleaner, bro. <laughs> yeah, and they have to have it, like, lifted up on, like, a crane and, like, brought to Bond on this giant black luggage box. Mm -hmm. That's really the only gadget, guys, is the safe cracker. While, I mean, I scored it a three because the safe cracker does play a significant part of the movie, but it's the only gadget we got. The coolest gadget is at the very beginning of the movie with, like, the radioactive lint that we barely see Q at the very beginning of the movie, <laughs> might, I, might I add. We barely see Q with, like, two lines. Then we zoomed to Tracy trying to off herself. But, like, that radioactive lint would have been awesome. Could have could have made this film sky high in this category but went the reverse i gave it a three stunk trey i agree nothing pisses me off more again spoiler alert here tracy bond getting off in the car how many bond cars have bulletproof glass good point my point what what, the, what is the bulletproof what is shield that comes up the back anything and now you're just married and you're just driving in a normal car because hey it's it's our wedding day nothing bad yeah. is going to happen you would think he would have given him like an all souped up car for a wedding. I mean, but wasn't he? But wasn't he driving the same Aston Martin from the beginning of the movie? Like, it's not as good looking as Aston Martin. It's kind of shitty looking. It's kind of brown. It's a little uglier than the uh, the traditional beautiful silver DB5. But it's still yeah. fucking. It's, it's still a, it's still a Q branch Aston Martin that has yeah. all the gadgets and gizmos. Apparently good, not. Or it should it doesn't? It, it should have it. It doesn't though because apparently I, never thought, I actually never thought about that until you brought that up. A, a man's wife can get off right there. Hope there's some bulletproof glass to save. If Bond is getting shot at, I guess it's not good enough. If his if his wife is getting shot at, no, we need we need more sequels, man. Bond can't do, get married. Do, we need more sequels. Do we throw in the um, hypnotizing color ceiling that Blofeld has in the Alps? Does that get tossed in here? Or Blofeld's, yeah. you know, Bl Blofeld's perfume boxes that are actually you know chemical weapons. Or are they or, just drugs to get the girls, like, high and then eventually persuade them to do whatever they want? How about his giant tape cassette player that he has that he's just loading up all these tape cassettes to go into each room? Yeah. That's that's the coolest part of this whole thing. This guy could have a, a huge rager. There's kids watching this or young people who have no idea what the cassettes and, like, eight tracks like that are. They're like, what is this technology? Yeah. There's also a mini uh, a mini curling rink on the outside deck of that build of that, of that building <laughs> in the Alps too, which is awesome. Great he's, sport. He's, he's probably just jamming the mamas and the papas, hitting it up in this uh, huge freaking layer he's got. What was the '60s the '60s version of Ace of Base, right? Because every decade Sweden comes out with a new hot group. Was it ABBA at the time? Right? I think it was ABBA. Dancing, dance, the Dancing Queen. That's, that, that's definitely what it was. <laughs> I've been to the uh, ABBA museum in Stockholm. It was awesome. <laughs> not really. <laughs> It was not good. 
Oh. Apologies to all the ABBA fans out there. <laughs> all six of them. Jesus. Uh, guys, supporting I was, I was, I was, no, 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 we got, we got to get finish our scores here before we move on to supporting cast. Absolutely. I know there's not a lot to talk about, but I was a two on Guns, Cars, Gadgets. Same, 2.0. Mike? I'm four. Four and Trey? Yeah, I gave it a three. Two points for the Safecracker copier machine that he's got there. A point for Bond's piece that he's working with because he made, he made the, uh, what's her name? Ruby Blush when he dropped his kilt. I gave him a point for that. That's the, the hot important. sausage. One point yeah. for the hot sausage. One point for his piece that he's working with. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Supporting cast. Now we get to supporting cast. Not a whole lot of supporting cast, notable supporting cast, I might add, that we see in this movie than we see in other films. But quality over quantity, guys. Agreed. Agreed. We have the guy whistling the Goldfinger song. Awesome. In case you're wondering, Subal, uh, there's got to be a fair amount of fans because Dancing Queen by ABBA was number one in like 15 countries in 1976. Hey, it's Mac- a tripod. 76. <laughs> Mac- Mac- had a whole lot of uh, listeners too. And uh, where did Los Del Rio go? Yeah, but guys, anyway, yeah. guys, we're get us back to we're, topic we're, here. We're, we're back here. We're we're talking about All the right. supporting cast and henchmen. Let's let's As, touch on MI six. We touched Trey, on it earlier. Trey, you you hit the nail on the head here. This is quality over quantity. The scenes between M and Bond are great, in my opinion. The banter back and forth between the yeah. two is is respectable, very good. We touched on it a little bit when we started to talk about Money Penny, but Money Penny is an absolute dynamo in this film. Yes. Saves saves Bond from making a decision that he would probably regret in retiring and and taking a leave of absence. Just changes into a vacation for Bond. Absolutely, and yep. and she's an absolute smoke. She's Smoke. probably probably the best looking Money Penny in in this film compared to any of the other films. I, I I don't know what it is either. It's she's a damn good looking woman in this one. Let's let's correct let's correct our approach there. It's the same Money Penny in all the films that we've seen up until this point. This sure. is the best that she looks. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's exactly what we mean. I mean, yeah, just right. like dynamite. You touched mm-hmm. on it, DJ. Also, M, you touched on that too. In Q, we don't get a whole lot of Q, but I like Q at the wedding where he just like approaches Bond. He's like, Hey, we haven't really got off to the right foot, but if you need anything, holla at your boy kind of deal. I fucking love that. And, and money penny at the wedding was, uh, was good. Good character there. Yeah. Yeah. Bond throws the hat to money penny. That was all good. Connection. <laughs> a little emotional, that was good. But yeah. Very nice. It was good. Like you thought that was it. Yeah. Was, then, uh, you get, then you get mob boss Draco who's bartering his daughter's marriage to help bond. You know, some interesting stuff going on there. And then she gets all pissed off at him and decides to go marry Bond anyway on her own accord. Pawn yeah. off the daughter. That's it's a little <laughs> it's a little crazy, but I listen, I like Draco. I think he was a admirable ally of Bond. And he knows a whole lot about him. Right when they first met, he knew his martini order. I see yeah. I see I see Super giggling there because he knows where this is going. You know, well, Draco's listen, no, no Draco's no Korean Bay. But. No, listen, listen. <laughs> it's it's hilarious because Bond is actually pretty close, I guess, with this guy Draco, who is is a bad guy. He's just not a very bad guy. Yeah, you know, he does like petty crime. He just, does just enough. On the he's, side. He, yeah, he's like a mob guy on the side. He, you know, he just does enough to make sure his pockets are fat, but he doesn't. He's not putting like the world to danger or anything like that. So Bond's cool with it. He's like, oh, this guy's. He, he's not he, threatening. He's not threatening queen and country, so we don't need to worry about. Right. It. You know, he bumps elbows with a few crazy guys, but he's not one himself. So I'm, I'm going to be all right with this guy. 
I like Draco, man. We spoke earlier. He's like on the Mount Rushmore of Bond allies. I would put him in the Mount Rushmore, him and Cream Bay. And we're going to talk to some about some more going forward about a couple of Bond allies. He's just, he trusts Bond. Like, yeah, you, you got to if you want your, you know, daughter to be dominated, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, Trey, the Mount Rushmore is a perfect picture of these guys. Sure. Kareem Bay, obviously, number one. Yeah. The, the guy's going to be number one. He's going to be number one Bond no ally. Is, yeah. Well, well, this is the Kareem Bay podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and also, just because everybody, everyone's going to call our bullshit on this one, you probably saw we apparently are incapable of spelling his name correctly. We've corrected all of our stuff like 19 times because <laughs> we just couldn't figure out the proper way to spell it. <laughs> Still love him, though. All hearts yeah. and all, you know, we, all, all hearts. of all of but, Kareem Bay. KB. Swipe right, baby. Swipe right. Yeah. Kareem Bay is number one. I don't know where Draco would be. I would put him number. probably three or, three or four. four. Yeah. Got Jack Wade CIA, too. He's Look, I, I just I wish they would have explored I wish they would have explored the Draco character more. I feel like there could have been a lot. Sure. Now, obviously, you you were going into down the path of of Bond Tracy here. If we weren't going that storyline. I feel like there could have been a Kareem Bay esque storyline with Draco because you've got a guy that has his own criminal empire or underworld dealings that has nothing to do with anything MI six really cares about. But you could have had that exploration. Could have had him having, you know, his own spy ring, you know, or whatever his equivalent yep. of a gypsy camp would be. You really could have explored that character. And I thought that's one of those things that that lacked a little. What I really like getting onto the maybe the, the bad side, Delhi or something like that. Exactly. Getting onto the bad side. Erla Bunt is fantastic here. I think she is a fantastic henchwoman. Awesome. I think she's scary as shit. She's smart. Terrifying. In that dry humor we mentioned before, I enjoyed it throughout the whole movie. She's smart and scary, guys. I mean, She's, the uh, she delivers the most scary, like, scary scene in this entire series, in my opinion. We'll, I think we'll she's smart. The... I think she was on to Bond the entire, from, from the time she picked him up. And she even calls him out in the stiffness, like, the next day, right? She's like, oh, on how's the, that stiffness? On the stiffness, gone? yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and ultimately, she gets a kill shot in the end, right? Whether yeah, she meant I, to or not, it was a, like, mean, like probably the very last shot. You know, I'm looking in that scene where they're in the crowd of people and she's closing in on Bond, and Bond actually kind of looks a little scared and a little helpless is terrifying. And then all of a sudden, Tracy appears in ice skates looking fantastic. She and Blofeld got to Bond. Like, this was the only movie up until Skyfall where we saw James Bond cry and have like an emotional breakdown. She's terrifying in addition to Blofeld, a great one two duo, but like. She's a scary German lady. Unfortunately, she passed away like two months after the release of the movie. Wow. I would have loved to seen her back in a different role, uh, in the same role of coming up in another movie, but unfortunately, we didn't get that. Yeah, she's obviously, she's probably not the most memorable, like, hinge person, but she delivers, man. She's really smart, probably not the most intimidating unless she scares you from coming out of the sheets. That's the twofer, right? Not only does she kill Bond's wife, but she totally cock blocks him when he's going back to tap Ruby for a second time. Yeah. We're on to him and you know, he snuggles on up and she scares the ever-living shit out of him and he gets whacked in the back of the head. <laughs> yep. I'm glad would she you, didn't uh, make the headboard. Would you think that this is Blofeld's best hench person? Who else have we yes. had? We had uh, yes. 
there's there's Hinks and Spectre. All, all all time or up to this point. And there's Hans, right? And Hans. Oh. Hans was on memory. We'll talk up into this point. We can leave Spectre out of it and just talk up into this point. Sure. Yes. I think this is blo- you think that, like out of Bluefield. Are, are you counting like double O two? I mean not double O two, uh number two, all the people below Blofeld? No, because they were all just regular right. Bond villains. They had their own shtick and they had their own hench people. But where, just, um, where are we uh directly related to Blofeld? Where are we putting the clones in diamonds? That didn't happen yet, though. Well, that's why I asked. Uh, are yeah. we talking about just this movie, or are we talking, you know, of the whole thing? You, you said let's throw Spectre out. Yeah. Because then we have to throw out Mr. Winton, Mr. Kid, too, if that comes after this. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, she's, she's better than them. Yeah, she's better than, yeah. I think, everybody up until... Uh... I agree. Yeah, I would think so, DJ. That's, I mean, it's just just a discussion. I'm not I'm not taking a stance that she's bad or good yeah. compared to others. I'm just raising the question. I was just asking the parameters of the discussion because I do think the fact that Blofeld clones himself and has two duplicates running around, not clones, but he's got two body doubles running around. And he's got an Bambi and Thumper. Yeah. yeah, interesting concept. Guys, for me, supporting Cass Henchman in MI6, I was at a 6.5. I thought there wasn't a whole lot of quantity here, but the quality in all these characters were very strong. Yeah, I gave it a seven. Seven as well. Uh, again, double, bonus double points. Seven. Bonus <laughs> points for the guy singing the uh, whistling the Goldfinger song. Love that, Mike. Did you give your score? Um, yeah, I missed double, it. He, double, double, double seven. Double seven. Got, got it. All right. This one I think will be a controversial score amongst our crew here. Okay. Song opening sequence. Uh, do we want to start high or low? Because I know I'm the high man on this. We've been starting low, so Listen. I have no I have no problem starting again. <laughs> Guys, uh, the, the opening sequence, the opening sequence was brutal for me. I I was not a fan of the opening sequence. You have Bond stalking and eventually rescuing Tracy. You've got these hench people on the beach. Were they looking to kill Tracy? Are they looking to kill Bond? What what's happening here? The, the sound effects are absolutely brutal in this beach fight scene. Brutal. You've got, like, comic book style, like, whack! And then, like, there should be, like, a big pow bubble that pops up because it's, it's terrible. But it's filmed I, dramatic in the water and the sunset. The, the opening sequence for me tanks this score. Mike said it best in the intro. The opening score is great. It's phenomenal. You do wish that the opening song usually like carries throughout the film but the fact that this score was so good you don't really need that opening song but but this does carry throughout the film like because yeah i know yeah i know i'm just saying like you don't you don't need that that song per se because the score is so strong for me and the the credit song and and even the you have all the time in the world carries throughout the film as well so you get both elements of it but it's not part of the song opening credits I guess, score for, for our sake here because that song comes at the end and it, it is played at a few sequences throughout the film. But for me, this score is driven by the opening sequence and the opening sequence sucked. It was, it was a bad sequence. I, like I said, I didn't like the hat tips to Connery, so I didn't like the breaking down of the wall of, oh, this never happened to the other guy. Loved it. For me, I didn't. I didn't love it. I didn't like the hat tips to it. I was at a five. I love, love the credits because the, the credit scenes are great. The sequence scene, not so much. And I love, I love the score. For me, it was a five. Both of those kind of balance out, and they're just right in the middle. Because like even the opening uh, credits showed some homage to 
previous Bond films. Yep. I was questionable about, about that, but I like the scene with the desk. So it's weird for me. The opening set up the plot. I love the score. I do like songs, though. I wish that was a song, but I don't hate the fact that it was just a score. Was it a 6.0? I love the Louis Armstrong song at the end, though. His last song he ever recorded. I think it was a good way to wrap up the film with that. I'm a 7.5 on this one. I think John Barry blows this thing out of the water. From the flicker lights across to the reintroduction of the Harry Saltzman, uh, Cubby Broccoli, to the gun barrel, which is awesome. The only one we get by this guy, mind yeah. you. And it's, and it's good. And it's good. It's actually, funny enough, it's the only gun barrel where when the blood comes down, it actually covers yes. the Bond figure. Doesn't happen before, which is, yep. I don't care, but it's just differentiated. Different. You know? And I just think his Bond stance is just ballsy. Like, he turns around, drops to one knee. You don't have a weird jump. There's no sachet. It's an all-business gun barrel. Now, watching the opening sequence 300 times at this point, I have some execution issues. Okay, I think I mentioned a few of them before. Diana Rigg walks into the ocean in her ankles, and then she just passes out and needs to be carried out. Yeah, I didn't really notice that the first three or four times. When the first punch is thrown, they're 10 feet out of the water, and then they cut the camera, and they're, they're, they're throwing, you know, judo moves in the water. Somehow they've just moved 40 feet. And you've got the comic book sound effects. But I try to think back, try to take the, the analytic side of it and just sit back and watch the opening sequence. And the opening sequence is awesome. The cinematography is different from anything that we've seen. It's not these random static cameras. It's it's fast, it's cut, it's punchy, it's it's exciting, there's drama. The fourth wall breakdown didn't bother me one bit. If the opening sequence wasn't a tribute to previous Bond stuff, then it might have bothered me. But it then pans off to a martini glass with the British flag. And then you get, you know, you get Honey Rider and you get all all of these things that have happened before. I think it's great. It's 7.5. I agree with you, Mike. You touched on a lot of points I was going to make. I like the breaking down the fourth wall. Apparently, it's a reference to something he was making backstage. They would make that joke a lot. We're like, oh, this never happened to the other fella because Connery never worked weekends. And apparently, Lazenby always had to work weekends. Like, <laughs> I thought that was funny. I like the callbacks to Connery. You got to tip your hat to a guy who fucking owns James Bond. I love the score. I absolutely love the score. I love the opening credits. The only thing is, from, to keep it from being a 10, is the fights. The fights is just comical, honestly. Like, he traps the guy underneath the, the boat. It's not yeah. a good fight choreography. That It gets better. We're going to touch on that category. The fight sequences do get a little bit better. Opening sequences isn't, isn't as great. And this song, what's so good about this song, is it plays so well in the chase scenes. This song is mm -hmm. perfect in those chase scenes. You touched it again, Mike. The gun barrel is my favorite. Like this, the, the music leading up to it is unique. You don't hear the music. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's very different than John Barry does. He nails it on the head, the stance, and then the opening song, awesome. 9.0. I don't know if I gave you my score. 9.0. Yeah. The only part that I missed was that he delivers the Bond, James Bond line in the opening sequence. Yeah, good but, point. But then you get the but then you get the thugs and the goons that show up. But like the part that it bumps on me is they know exactly who he is. Right? Sure. They're like, oh, hello, Mr. Bond. Like, well, that just, was one he, thing that I, he just said his name. So they were yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that, that's, okay. you know, that, that's true, right? Yeah. <laughs> a couple of goons walking up behind him with a little knife, thinking they're gonna take this guy out. I'm like, oh, guys, he just gave us his name. Yeah. And, I didn't think about that. Is that is it Blofeld's men? Who are oh, these? Who are these guys? We don't know anything. They're just two thugs. We don't know who they are. 
No clue. But, I mean, it, but in, in theory, it can't be Blofeld's men because if we're following the, the lineage of the story, he's never met Blofeld before. Right. And aren't they somewhere like in Peru or something? Like somewhere like random? I don't Mediterranean, know. Mediterranean, aren't they? Sure. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> it's probably Mediterranean because if Tracy's over there drowning herself, probably off the coast of Italy somewhere. And she doesn't do a good job, by the way. She barely gets her feet in the water. Bond's already there. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Like, if you go back and watch it now that I pointed it out to you, it's brutal. It's she brutal. doesn't even get knee deep, and Bond's yeah. already, like, already there, which yeah. is good for Bond. Yeah. Knee deep in the water but somewhere. But, again, totally creeping on her. And, like, the part that you wonder, too, right, is, like, he pulls the car up next to her car. She's already halfway down the beach, and he opens the, the box, and it's a sniper rifle. And it's like, whoa, what's this guy doing? And instead, he just takes the, cl- the camera out and just goes total voyeur on her. Yeah, yeah. There's a, maybe there's something in the books that kind of alludes to what's happening there, but in 2020, that'd be the clue of him sliding into her DMs. 100. <laughs> percent And you it works. You up? You up? What's up? <laughs> yeah. That's that's him shooting his shot from the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I think that covers right. it for song and opening credits. Yeah, I think yeah. we pretty much beat that to death. Chase fight. What we got, guys? Chase and fight scenes. 7.5 for me. You get some interesting things here, right? Ski chase, new concept. We'll see a lot more of these throughout the Bond series. But I think That's... this one is re- I think this one's really well done. Comes at a time where you've had an hour to an hour and a half of not a lot of action. Kicks into this big chase scene, clearly filmed from a helicopter. You've got people cutting through the powder of the snow. The cinematography here is awesome. Blofeld, the bad guy, gets involved. A really good car chase scene. Our heroine of the story is the one driving and fishtailing the car and taking people out. I think I pointed this out in the pre-show before, but I have the clip. When the car explodes, they clearly must owe some money to the stunt driver because when the bomb goes off in the car, the stunt driver hasn't gotten out, and it's so obvious. So that guy had to have gotten some hazard pay. And then obviously you feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, right? The bobsled scene is fantastic. And unique too. We haven't seen anything like that. I like the ski scenes as well, Mike. I think a lot of this is driven, what we touched on, that Blofeld is involved in them. So it's not just random henchmen one and two chasing Bond down a ski slope or in the bobsled tube, for lack of a better word, race track. I don't know. What, what, where do you race bobsleds in a track? Track, I, guess? I believe. Yeah. And the opening John Barry scores was playing in the background. And it's it, fucking awesome. Yeah. Perfect. It's awesome. But the scene gains a lot of power, the fact that it's blow-filled in those scenes and not just random henchmen. Right. Absolutely. The one-on-one between Bond and Blofeld on this is awesome. Also, like, I guess you would say the, the second fight, what we get from the intro, where this random, I guess it's Draco's guy, who's just, like, fighting Bond. He punches Bond, Bond goes down, and he just, Bond just immediately just reaches for a chair and just slams it over this guy. I freaking loved that. Something we haven't seen from Bond yet. So we're, we didn't see that from Connery. We get that from this that's, guy. That's barroom tactics. That's awesome. I absolutely loved it. Uh, y'all touching the ski and bobsled chase scenes. So unique to this film. Also liked whenever Bond and Draco like, had like all Draco's men and they did like a full on like attack on Blofeld's, I guess you'd say, lair. Draco's men are packing. They got all these automatic weapons, man. This ain't just an ordinary, like any kind of like mafia. This has got a damn army coming in. I liked that scene as well. It was good. And then Tracy's fight scenes, all solid. I gave it an 8.1. You know, what I like most about, like, the bobsled and the ski chase, a lot of it was impromptu. Like, George Lazenby was not supposed to fall off the bobsled. He accidentally fell off it. It came out awesome. They kept it for the stunt. Uh, When he came up on the St. Bernard, improvised that, too, asking for the brandy. Awesome. 
I love how Blofeld, we saw his demise getting stuck in a tree branch during the chase. There was a foot chase too through the little uh, town where they were ice skating. I like how he sat down at the table, was trying to like disguise himself from the henchmen chasing him. And early on, he tossed that one dude off the cliff, which seemed like the longest death ever. And you also get the henchman in the, the snowblower death. That's my yeah. quote. That's my quote, but yeah, 8.0, I love the chase scenes. Even though I hate latest ski scenes, the first one is the best. Yeah, I wasn't as high as you guys. I scored it a 6.5. I could have used a good car chase Ooh. in here. Notorious. You got a good car chase. What are you it talking about? Chase. No, there was a car chase. There wasn't a great car chase. They it hit wasn't, in the it, blizzard. It wasn't a great car chase, guys. Let's Let's – Pump the brakes on that. It was not hazardous conditions. Hazardous conditions. You got a car chase in that opening scene. You hated. Bomb it was, chase Tracy. That's that's not a good car chase scene, Mike. Pump the brakes. <laughs> he was chasing tail, my friend. I could I could have used a good car chase here, a good one, <laughs> not just a a subpar one. But I did really love the avalanche and the bobsleds and the skis. That that was good for me. So I was at a six point five. That's what made up for it, like the lack of, I guess, as many car chases we'll see, or even on foot chases that we'll see with Craig. There's a freaking stock car race too. Totally that poor guy. The oh, scream. That, that the poor scream. guy. Oh, blasted uh, on fire. His face is fucked up. He's and that's he's probably. Got- a, that's burned, probably a genuine burned. scream, too, that's, from that guy. Yep. Like, he's legitimately, yeah. like, burned alive. That's Alec Trevelyan. Oh, that's well, bad. Spoilers, spoilers. That's dude. bad. Yeah, guys, for <laughs> me, for me, I was a 6.5. I could have used a better a better car chase scene, and that's that's basically it. It's a little low. It's not, it's not super low. Mike had it at 7.5. That's one point difference. Yeah, it's, a, it's a big point, though. 6.5 to 7.5, big point? Big point. Sti- big okay. point. Okay. That's, that's, point. that's the tipping that's point? A D, that's a D to a C. You're, 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 in the, you're in the middle echelon, not the upper echelon. No, that's that's more like a, a C to a B minus, or maybe a B. Seven point five is still a passing grade. That's a yeah. B. So is a six point five, really. Well, that's so what I'm saying. Any, anything below a five is almost a failure of whatever we're talking about I think here. A five really is a failure if we're talking about. It. If it's five, you're not really ticking it for me. Well, I, I told you, for me to score it, I'm starting at five, and you're weighing one way or the other. So it kind of teeters one side or the other at the five. You you normally start at a five and then figure out your way. Okay. I don't start I don't start at zero and go all. I start at up. zero. No, I'll start. I like it in the clean middle. and I go from there. What do I, I like? Start, what I hate? And I just combine it. I started in the middle, and if there's something that goes one way, maybe half a point, one point positive. If something that sways me the other way, back down, stuff like that. When we split these categories, like opening scene credits, I think like the song kind of weighs a little bit more. Than like really the opening scene to me, so sometimes I guess. So I just it's kind of I think it's it, I think that depends though because there's a couple of movies that are gonna come up where the opening like action sequence has utterly nothing to do with the movie. Oh I mean, yeah, nothing. and it sucks. I mean, I mean nothing. And some are short. Some are two to three minutes. While we have some like seven minute ones. So mm-hmm. balance. A lot of oh, good bro. quotes coming up. Yeah, a lot of our quotes favorite quotes. Everyone got their scores in for the for the chase and fight scenes. Yes. Just, Confirm I'm into 8.0. 8.1. And I was 6.5. All right. Quotes. It started off with uh, this never happened to the other fellow. Yeah, that's a solid one. We're all going to talk about it. Just a slight stiffness. That's probably the best one of the of the movie. I, I agree. Yeah. Great, just, like, great quote. Due to the altitude. Yeah, just due to the altitude. Um, I'm sure Mike's going to strike up the clip at some point. And then, like, he's branched off. He's got a lot of guts. That's um, a good. I, that's a good kill. That's a good yes. kill followed by a great quote. Messy. 
<laughs> yeah, kill. very messy. So messy. Very messy kill, but something you don't see often. You don't see a, a, the snowblower kill. That's brutal. Not, at least brutal. not up to this point, you don't. Uh, also, I like when he tells the henchmen when all the girls are like telling him what time they're going to come visit or he's going to go visit them. And he looks at him, he's just like, it's just piling up. I love that part. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, so, the, work, the work's just piling up. Yeah, he's like, you the, have no the idea. Works, the works is fine. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. Dude, you're, you're I love that. Early, early on where Draco says that Tracy needs a psychiatrist, that, that she needs to be dominated. And then he offers her a million dollars. She needs a man to dominate her, is, is the quote. Yes. And I, I, and I do like the very beginning we tells Tracy, please stay alive, at least just for tonight. That's a smooth line. And he's like, come later. <laughs> what a move. Just a slight stiffness coming on due to the altitude, no doubt. I mean, the only part that, that really takes away from that is that all of his scenes as hilly or dub, so it's not lazy and be delivering the line. Yeah, that kind of sucks. That but line about... also would have hit so much harder if you didn't, if you left the shoulder part out of it. Sure. If you just like, just say, hey, slight <laughs> stiffness due to the altitude. That would have been perfect. The girl you know, that leave, he, leave the shoulder out of it. Leave the shoulder. The girl that uh, draws a lipstick eight on his like thigh, she grows on me too. At first, I didn't really think that she was that cute. She's a smoke. I concur. Very attractive. But yeah. if he looks to the other side, probably way better. Way, way better. better. Yeah, way better. Always, yeah. always look to your right. On the right. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, yeah. That's that's his right. The girl on the left was was drawn on his uh, leg. Yep. The other one that's totally overlooked in this one. Is Bond short quip with Money Penny? Money Penny, what would I ever do without you? And Money Penny is like, my problem is you never do anything with me. And she looks great in this movie, and it just fucking lands. Yeah, yeah, Money Penny, solid. Mm -hmm. Guys, I, I thought there were some decent quotes in here, but there was no, no earth shattering, sure. fantastic quotes. I was, I was at a six. Same. I, I, I gave it, I gave it its due for some of the decent lines, but there was no, there was no belly acres there where I was rolling over on the floor laughing, and there wasn't anything that I thought was conic. It just kind of had a few decent ones, and that's about it. Same. Six point I went with a seven point and got to toss in the quote at the end, like after Tracy spoiler gets killed. It's all right. It's quite all right, really. She's just having a rest. We'll be going on soon, and we have all the time in the world. Great ending, great quote. Dang, I'm going to tear up now. Thanks, Sue. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Damn, man. I'm 7.0, and, and honestly, probably the most memorable quote is the most controversial quote in the movie, and it's, this never happened to the other fella. Depending where you are on that one depends upon probably what your outlook on this whole movie is. Yeah. But I was 7.0. Pretty close. We're all pretty close. I really love that dog quote. All right. Let's get to the good stuff. This is it. Villain desk conclusion. Let's start, let's let's start with the low man, Mike. You want to you want to start us off? Sure. I'm a nine point five, so. <laughs> uh, Which is why I made that point. Let's yeah. let's see if we can bump you up. No, you won't. My main quip with the whole end of this is you kill off the you you kill off Tracy. He delivers these lines. Throughout the movie, you have two different, and this is my only quip with the score. You have, you got two different versions of the John Barry score here. You've got this like lower tone one, and you've got this bigger brassy one. You've just killed James Bond's wife. And then they roll the credits with. Bah, bah, bah. Yes, hilarious. It just, it just fucking. I noticed. Oh, As you're looking so, at the bullet hole. So bad. Yeah. As you're looking at the bullet hole. And I laugh. Gold finger like brass <laughs> that just starts playing like we're celebrating. I gotta rewatch like, it. And, I, and, in, 
And in the rest of the movie, they have other versions of this very song that are a little bit more somber that would have been perfect. And I'm just sitting there, like, and, and you're taking in the emotion of the fact that this guy's wife just got murdered by Blofeld. He's crying. And then it's basically like a jazz marching band comes marching up the fucking yes. street. Like, that was my, that's my big, my point five bump on the end of this. I... Yeah. I noticed that today when I rewatched, and I laughed out loud. Like, look, you, you gotta watch this. Thing. You gotta watch it like thirty times to get to this it's, point. But it's it's, I can't, un, I can't unhear it. People are probably crying in the in the mm -hmm. theater and. Ba -da, ba -da. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I I agree. I I didn't bump my score on it, but I agree with you. Listen, I, I gave it a ten. I, I combined the wedding part of it too. I thought that. Yeah. All those moments there were awesome between him and Q, Money Penny, all very good. Then we get the unhappy ending, right? There are some like holes, so like how did Bond not get shot? Um, and then like DJ brought it up to earlier, like no bulletproof glass. I I didn't hold up against it. I don't think we'll ever see another ending like this, really. Um, and if so, I mean it's going to be unoriginal because we're not going to have another Bond film that really has this much of a unhappy ending i guess maybe not unhappy tragic yeah. i guess is maybe the correct word ending on a sour note ending on a sour note but why why like is bond why is he pulling over to the side of the road here's another thing i have a problem why is he pulling over the side of the road to take off some flowers like what are we what are we doing here let the flowers die what do i don't I, I just didn't understand that like you see some like some teens that drive past him like uh oh wait let me just go take these flowers off and that's what ultimately I mean, if you were stopping to take a look at the view, right, from the from the cinematography sure. perspective, it's a beautiful, you're on this cliff overlooking yeah. like Portugal, right? Is that what they were? It's sure. gorgeous. It's gorgeous looking. Sure. But yeah, I'm with you. What are you doing getting out taking flowers? What are you doing? Get out. What the it fuck? It was a view to a kill, though. Yeah. Um, but like, Jesus. I, I, <laughs> I wish I was there in theaters, like in 69, to experience it. Like, you've seen four or five previous Bond movies, all with happy endings. The shock and awe at the end to see. An unhappy ending had to be an awesome experience. I was at a 10.0. Guys, I also scored it a 10. Uh, I mean, we got three out of the four of us scoring it a 10 and one at a 9.5. The conclusion speaks for itself. This is one of the best wrap-ups of any Bond film that we have, we have seen up until this point and that we will ever see. I think the ending on the sour note is unique for a Bond film. I think a lot goes into... This is Bond's mortal enemy, Blofeld. You see him in multiple films. This is a guy that he he has, I mean, afterwards, technically in the in the books, he's got, you know, a, a history with, right? So him getting, you know, the best of Bond at the end of this adds a spin on it. Sure. And and you have to think about that dark spiral that Bond goes down. His wife just got off. Does this does that lead to him? killing more men in brutal kills and banging and having no regard for the women that he sleeps with after this this was a woman that he's ready to marry does he just give up on love at this point is just like married yeah exactly married wedded wife. yes so does he just give up on love at this point and it's just you know now everyone is just a, a headboard tally does his kills get more ruthless after this because he's just cold-blooded you know it's a, a lot to think about I was a 10. I absolutely love the conclusion. Agreed. Best one. Yep.
Look, what I'm glad that happened is I'm glad they stuck to the book. Obviously, we've never read the book, but I'm glad they stuck to what the book's origin was because they could have just as easily made this a happy ending. Bond drives off with some hearts and some flowers, and then they kill her off at the beginning of the next movie. I think this just did it so much more justice, sticking true to the story. I agree, and uh, you did make a valid point about the song at the end with the brass after the bullet hole. I don't like that, but I'm so sick of it at 10. Yeah, guys, I'm I'm gonna wrap the scores. I think I think we covered everything. Mike, make sure you cue up that that credits scene and the song that we all want to hear because Supel's referenced it plenty of times in this podcast. But <laughs> I'll uh, I'll start with the low score, me, which in my opinion actually scored pretty accurate to how I rate it. I think I think at this point it's a top five Bond film and. All right, so I had plot at a six. I had Bond performance at an eight. Bond villain at an eight. Bond girl at a nine. The Guns, Cars, Gadgets at a two. Song opening sequence of five. Supporting cast a 6.5. Chase and fight scene a 6.5. Quotes a six. And the conclusion and death a 10. I think it had some real, real high points here. But there were some things in this film that just kept it from being elite. You know, we talked about the Guns, Cars, Gadgets. I was a little bit lower on the song and opening sequence than most of you, but that it just didn't do it for me. You know, if, if you had a few more points on any of those categories, this is, this is teetering on the elite category. I've the lack got, of gadgets and cars really killed it. Yeah, I've got, I've got Soup as the next low score, and he's sitting at a 72.5 overall. He's got Plot at a 6.5, Bond Performance 8.5, Bond Villain 7.5, Bond Girl at a 10. Guns, Cars, Gadgets, a two. Song opening sequence, a six. Supporting cast, a seven. Chase and fight scene, an eight. Quotes, a seven. And conclusion of death, a ten. Correct. Cool. And then after him is Mike. Mike, I got plotted a seven. Bond performance, 7.5. Bond villain, an eight. Bond girl, a 9.5. Guns, Cars, Gadgets, a four. Song opening sequence, 7.5. Supporting cast a seven, chase fight scene seven point five, quotes a seven, conclusion and death nine point five. So that's seventy four point five overall. Look, it's it's a wonderful film. I also I have a special place for for George Lazenby as Bond. Yeah, he contra- scores him the lowest, lowest. the yeah. lowest of all <laughs> four of us. But the, because I think there's parts there's parts in this movie where. There's parts of this movie where his acting is clear that it's not as good as it needs to be to move this to an elite picture. But I still enjoy his genuine performance. He was handed a great supporting cast, an unbelievable casted villain, a great casted Bond girl, and handed probably one of the best scripts in Bond. And that's what puts this on another level. If, if he had better acting chops, this would be probably the best Bond film. But he doesn't. So... It, while I, I I like his performance as Bond because of all of these other factors, you know, Lazenby gets artificially bumped. If if you like this movie and you like Lazenby, he is artificially inflated because of all the factors I just outlined. And then we got our high score, Trey. Trey's a seventy-seven overall. Plot wow. plot at a seven. Bond performance eight point nine. Bond villain an eight. Bond girl a ten. Guns, cars, gadgets a three. Song opening sequence a nine, supporting cast seven, chase and fight scenes eight point one, 
quotes a six and the conclusion and death at 10. That's overall 77. Yeah. And that's pretty, that's pretty on point. Cause I would say this, this is a teetering at like a probably top five, maybe number six. And I think it scores just ahead of from Russia. So that's, that sounds about right where I would put this film. Honestly, if, if, if I'm scoring against itself and then I'm, if I'm going to put it on a ranking too, for it to be that close, pretty proud of myself. Yeah, Trey, I, I think any one of us will have Honor Majesty flirting with that top five. I don't think that any one of us really thinks that this film deserves to be any lower, really, than that. It, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to challenge, for sure. What, what, but when it comes to our scoring ratings and, and the categories that we outline, some, obviously some score lower than what we think, where it's going to fall overall on our overall like viewing pleasure rankings. Just because they don't have guns, cars, gadgets, or in my in my stance, yeah. the song opening sequence, some of those are going to score a little bit lower. Doesn't mean that I just hate Honor Majesties, or doesn't sure. mean that I, I wouldn't choose to watch that movie anytime yeah. it's on. I think we all think Lazenby did a great job. Yeah, absolutely, I, I, absolutely. I, I, I for one would would love to see him in other films, especially some of the ones that immediately followed this film. Yep, I think he could have done a great job. Look, uh, I think I think Diamonds is a different movie if it's George Lazenby. And I like Diamonds. Diamonds is a special place for me. I really like Diamonds. I think Diamonds is a better movie with George Lazenby. I agree. Guys, this is, for me, this is one category away from possibly, scoring-wise, a top three movie. Agreed. This had, like, one or two gadgets that did a damn thing. It's top three for me. I'm really high on everything, really everything else. I miss some yep. plot holes that we, I would like for it to explain that I guess it does in the book that we don't get in the movie, which I'm kind of interested now. If I'm going to read one of the books, I haven't read any of them. I might start out with this one, to be quite honest with you. Look, if you're, talking, if, you're, if you're talking about the big three categories of the Bond movie, right? The Bond, the villain, the Bond girl. The Bond is the lowest scoring of this, and – it's still a great performance. So if you had given Lazenby a second or a third movie, it's possible that you have one of the best Bond performance, one of the better Bond performances of all time going going down the road. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, he's got the look too. I mean, we, we already, I already said that earlier. This guy, <laughs> he looks damn good as Bond mm -hmm. and he pulls off a fucking puffy shirt. Jerry Seinfeld couldn't even do that. Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, like from what we've scored already, it's it's already in the top three and like yeah. trey like you said it's a few gadgets away from from gadgets. jumping any of those so i i currently sit with from russia with love at a 68 and honor majesty at a 67 and that's oh. that, that's that majesty having almost nothing to offer in the gadgets department right so you give it a little bit and it now it's flirting with goldfinger and, and really no guns either like we don't really yeah. see any no, like spectacular no, nothing like quintessential. No, no great guns, cars. No great cars. Nothing. Like, give it uh, one, one of them. Some, some gadgets. Give it a cool car. Any anything. I'm interested. What did what do the credits rank this? Can you uh, can you pull that up? I, I'm just interested. Absolutely. To so so the critics that that we've covered at least sure are are pretty high overall in Honor Majesties. They That's surprising to me. They have it in some top one. So why do, you, why, do you, why do you find that surprising? I don't know. I, I think uh, Lazenby gets a lot of flack, honestly. Like anytime but, but, I read anything of Lazenby, they just sure. say he's a ripoff of Connery. So I'm but, surprised by just on his performance that the, the way these movie, good movie and good writing drive this movie. 
it's a good story and your supporting cast, your villain, your Bond girl all carry the movie. They they carry Lazenby. And I don't think Lazenby is anywhere near as bad as some critics may make him out to be. All right. So, guys, the critic rankings here. Overall, if you're going on, on the average, <clears throat> Honor Majesty is top five overall Bond film. Wow. Based on the critic rankings. And, it, and top five being it is number five. Okay. Okay. Some critics rate it as high as number one. There are a few a few lists out there that have Honor Majesty at number one. That's anything anything really notable? Yes. So the lowest it's rated is a sixteen. Okay. But that list is a shit list. So this is <laughs> what's the number one on that list? Well, look, so, well, first so and foremost, the, anything that's not this podcast is shit. Let's get something. Let's get something so fucking clear, okay? Ours is done by science and, and empirical data. I'm, I'm yeah, excited science. for our list. I'm so I, excited. I am going to shit on this list right now. Oh, yeah. So this is thefilmmagazine.com. Oh, fuck this. Fuck this okay. rag. Never heard rag. of him. Tag him. Thefilmmagazine.com. <laughs> Reporters. journalism at its worst. Let me give you their top five. I'll start at number one, which this, this has a soft spot in my heart, but it's definitely not number one for me. The Spy Who Loved Me. Sure. Number two is Goldfinger. Okay. Number three is Skyfall. Number four, another one that I think is pretty good, but not number four, License to Kill. And number five, Casino Royale. Okay? This this sounds like a recency bias list. Well, not even a recency bias. You've got got two films in there that, yeah, they may be good, but they're not top five quality. You got to rejumble that top five. Yeah. So – now, I'll give you the bottom five, starting with the worst. A View to I'm a ready. Kill. A View to a Kill, the worst Bond film rated. Okay. After that, Quantum of Solace, 23, which I, I might be the outlier in our pod here, but I don't love that movie. Okay. Okay. You've got Diamonds Are Forever at 22. <laughs> Still haven't turned out of the day. 21. <laughs> 21, Octopussy, and 20, Thunderball. Did Madonna make this list? <laughs> oh, it's on the list. It's number, ni- it's, it's, it's number 19. So Thunderball is 20. Die Another Day does not even make the bottom five. Look, th- th- Thunderball can arguably be crap in some areas. It's not bottom five. Thunderball right. is not a bottom five movie. I, Thunderball this is probably is, my top ten. Listen. Uh, I mean, just, right. the to- just the Tom Jones song alone should put it in the top fucking just, 50. Just to give you an insight on what critics think of Thunderball, thefilmmagazine.com is the only outlet that put them in the bottom five. The next lowest is 15 overall. So okay, that's, well, five, so, that's a five-spot difference. Yeah, we, so, the, so, the, so, the, so this thing is crap. Well, but let's get back to the bigger piece. So the, you, can we eliminate them from our list like our critics? No, no, no. We're going to put them in the list so we can ridicule them publicly. This is, this is why stink. they're in the list. I hate them. Yeah. They yeah. suck. This they is why. Stink. This is why they're in the list because oh, we got to spit off. We got you got some highs and you got some lows, circle. but they stink. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so who, you said there was credible publications that had Majesties at one. Absolutely. Okay, who had it at one? So there were two publications that had Honor Majesties at number one. Okay, you had Reader's Digest in Canada. Never heard of them. And then you had IndieWire. Both had Honor Majesty's number one. But 
no, I think overall, Honor Majesty, the, the critic rankings were pretty strong for them. So as much as we talk about, you know, how they get slighted, most people have rated it pretty high. No, yeah, that's surprising. Take, I'm a fan, take, though. Take us home, Mike. 